Schlager to the sideline, caught first down. Woo! What a hit, Denzel Ward! You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. In trouble. Petras goes down. Aiden Hutchinson. He'll roll up on you folks and let you smell his cologne. Barry looks. Welcome in to the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, as always, Derek Cook. This will be our Debbie episode. We're going to review a Debbie mock draft we did within the past few weeks. For the first time ever, we actually had some additional participants besides just Derek and I. We had Jordan Backus, a.k.a. JB, from Destination Debbie, Dynasty Barry, also in Destination Debbie, and then a couple of Ray's... Heisman tier members, Pello and Gabe. So other very knowledgeable Dynasty Debbie managers joined us for this one. So the best and most exciting mock draft we've done so far, I'd say. How are you feeling about doing the mock draft when it's not just us going back and forth? I actually enjoyed it a hell of a lot more because I wasn't worried about six teams. I was only worried about two. So it was it was nice. Um, it's easier to build two teams than it is six, I guess. Other people have different opinions on different things and different players. So I, I just feel like it was a ADP wise. I think it's a lot better than just you and I. I agree with you on that. It was great getting some other opinions other than ours on the board here. So we'll go ahead and jump right into things. I'm excited to go over this one. I know we haven't done a Debbie mock review in probably a month or two, but with the season ramping up, we're going to hopefully get back to it once a month and hopefully have some guests on it as well. More people than just us. But of yeah. course, first three picks, pretty chalky. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake May. You can interchange May and Marvin Harrison depending on your preference. And then the real draft starts at about four, I'd say. Kind of the highest he's ever gone so far in our mocks. Igbuka, 104. And then Quinn Ewers still made the top five. Thankfully, again, He's holding steady. Then Travion Henderson in six. Brock Bowers. Nick Singleton fell all the way to 108. Usually he's a top five pick for us, but this time he fell to 108. Yeah, I feel like he normally goes above Trevion, so that, that was a little different. Yeah. yeah, Singleton's usually the first running back for us, yeah. I believe, for April. For I'd say. Yeah, it's definitely so, not Trevion. No. And then we had Drew Aller, his running mate at 109, Donovan Edwards, Quinshawn Judkins, and Rocket Sanders to round out the first round. So I'd say the standout to this one, Ibuka jumping into the top four there, Travion coming all the way up to 106. Usually I'd say he's 108 to 110 for us. Yeah. But like we said, he's usually not the first running back. He he's usually RB3 coming off the board for us. Yeah, he's usually behind – like you said, Nick Singleton and usually Rocket Sanders. So, yeah, and possibly Judkins, Judkins, some months as well. Usually he's three or four. Yeah, depending on what what day we wake up on. Donovan Edwards snuck into that back end of the first round. Seems to be pretty popular here recently. Typically, he's a early second force. So as a Michigan man, it's nice to see him jumping in there. Anything else stand out to you in this first round? 
No, not really. I think everything else. I mean, they're, I mean, they're they're not going to be the exact same as what we've been doing, but they're all pretty close. Uh, Brock Bowers at 107. I mean, he's it's not a bad spot. I, I picked him at 107, so you know, I yeah, think you that's Brock fair. Over there. Walk me through that. I know this is, as always, Superflex PPR tight end premium. So walk me through that thought process. Brock over Singleton. Brock over Singleton. Um, I guess more so thinking about shelf life of a running back. Um, you know, this, this is all in a vacuum. The longevity of a tight end over a running back to me, especially in a tight end premium league. I think Brock Bowers is going to be a top three, top four tight end as soon as he steps foot in the league. Nick Singleton, you can't say the same thing, but your window is extremely narrow. Going to be like a two to four year window with Nick Singleton, assuming he produces. I mean, we're also assuming Brock produces, but I, j- I just like Brock Bowers as a as a prospect better than Singleton. I feel like running backs are a lot more easily replaceable than a top three tight end. It gives you a positional advantage. You're not wrong in anything you said. I I agree with it. And does maybe Bowers coming in in 24 as opposed to Singleton 25? Have yeah, that wouldn't even that getting me early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that helps too. I didn't even mention that. So uh, coming in a year earlier and being a highly touted guy like Brock Bowers, I mean, why not? It was. I was a little bit surprised by it, to be honest with you. Seeing Singleton fall that far, especially past the tight end, but it makes sense, especially if you're someone like us that likes to have the tight end advantage with an elite tight end, especially a young one. It's almost no better feeling. No, there's not. You know you're going to win that matchup every single week, so it's it, no no reason to change it, no reason to look differently. It's You know you've got that matchup won every week. Yes, sir. And then we move on to the second round with Xavier Worthy, Trey Benson, Malachi Nelson. I, the highest he's been drafted with us so far in our database. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been he's never been the QB one from that class coming off either. So No, no, he has he has not. So we got a Malachi Nelson lover. And you know, of course, that was good old Jordan Backus with that pick. So put a little bit more weight on that, if you will, with his analytics and his thought process and his whole Debbie outlook on everything. So he loves his freshman. You'll see that. Oh yeah. I thought me, you and I would be the only freshman lovers, but JB jumped the jumped the gun on us on this one. Absolutely, he did. Then at two hundred four, we got Malik Neighbors, Troy Franklin, your boy Will Shipley, CMC Light, Luther Burden, all the way down to two hundred seven. Usually a early second, sometimes late first pick, and second freshman quarterback off the board, Dante Moore, our guy, Braylon Allen, two hundred nine. Easily the latest he. That's fallen. Yes. In the last five months. Uh, I was surprised to see him go down that far. But it, it makes sense with recency bias and everything going on, people not liking the plotters and his struggles last season and not showing the receiving chops that much and everything going on. But he's still 18, I believe, maybe 19 now. So he, he's going to be 20 on draft day, I believe. Yeah. Still yeah. extremely young. Who knows, maybe we'll have a longer shelf life than most running backs being super young, but we'll see. I believe his stock is going to rise back up this season. It will. I think that uh, that team's going to be better this year. They're going to look a lot different with the diff- with the the coaching changes. So I think he's, yeah, he'll be a top three or four running back drafted. 
I'm, I won't be surprised if I have a few shares of them after for the regular Dynasty Leagues. I don't have them for Debbie at the moment, but I won't be surprised if I have some next year. I know I will, without a doubt. We got Cade Klubnik at 210. Nico Amalavalia, 211. So the third freshman quarterback. I like all that. All coming in the second round. Right. And then the tight end premium kicks back in with Jatavian Sanders at 212. So that kind of just shows the disparity in the Debbie tight end landscape. 107 and 212 were the two tight ends. Yeah. I'm, we're very high on Jatavian Sanders. I don't think there's quite that big of a gap with Brock Bowers, as most would think and believe. And I think that'll be apparent throughout the season, especially with Quinn Ewers coming back fully healthy. It, he already had a great connection with Jatavion last year. I think it's only going to get even better this year. Yeah, when that offense was rocking and rocking and grooving last year, it was because they were force feeding Jatavian Sanders the ball. They don't have Bijan to rely on this year, although we love that running back room anyways. I think that he's he's just gonna glow, he's gonna grow up this year. Tavian Sanders is gonna I mean he's already up there, but he's the gap isn't this big. I'm right there with you. Yeah. We'll move on to the third round. You'll see the theme of this will be freshman, freshman, freshman. Almost half were freshmen in this round. So we got Blake Corm at 301, the top senior running back. Then Bucky Irving, 302. First freshman off the board, Arch Manning, 303. Evan Stewart out of Texas A&M. Barry and Brown out of Kentucky. And a little surprising here, Ja'Cory Brooks at 306. He's been lightly drafted with us so far. Neither of us are big Ja'Cory Brooks guys. But our man Gabe here apparently is. Not a terrible pick, not knocking it. Just a little bit surprised. He's kind of fallen off the radar for the most part in the Debbie community, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, you and I are both in the same boat on basically any wide receiver from Alabama. They're, you know, on a watch list, basically see what they're going to do this year before we really make a judgment on them. But I'm, I'm not drafting them in the third round of the Debbie. No, not trying to take a shot at anybody who's drafting them. It's just for me personally, I don't think it's worth the risk. No, not at this point. I, he's someone I'd wait to see what happens in the NFL draft before I want anything to do with him. Yep, right there with you. And then a couple freshmen, Jackson Arnold, 307. Zachariah Branch, 308, which, of course, no surprise, I took him, which is a fall from grace compared to the mid-second he's usually going in for us. So the, at least with this group, not a popular yeah, I, pick. I took Jackson Arnold at 307, and I feel like that might have been a little early compared to what we've doing it at. But the way this draft went, it seemed like freshmen were just coming off like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And 309, sophomore running back Branson Robinson out of Georgia. Back to the freshman well, Jonte Cook and Carnell Tate. And J.J. McCarthy rounds out the third round. Like I said, freshman, freshman, freshman. And I love it. I love these freshmen. It's crazy looking at, at this and seeing how many freshman quarterbacks were taken before a guy like J.J. McCarthy. I mean, yeah, it just goes to show the the upside. People want the upside, the young guys. And I, I, I can get that. I mean, J.J. McCarthy hadn't shown anything crazy. We're, you know, I mean, you're a Michigan fan and I'm an Ohio State fan, so we're both going to hold him to a, a different light than probably most of the community. Um, he's got a, He does have a lot to work on, but I still think it's crazy that, you know, basically every freshman besides – no, all top five freshmen were, are taken. So, 
you know, it's a very interesting third round. Like I said, it's freshmen provide the upside. J.J. McCarthy, not quite as much in most people's eyes. Then we'll move on to the fourth round. Another older player, not as much upside that you would think would probably be drafted before the freshman, Michael Penix Jr. And then this one at 402 is an absolute steal, Katron Allen. He should be going second round in my eyes. But he's overshadowed by Nick Singleton, so not a lot of people are quite on him. But I think he's going to be an NFL running back. I think he's going to be a day two pick when everything's all settled. And getting him in the fourth round, that's an absolute steal. Which yeah, he's I actually he, took him. He's he's a monster. Uh, this is a again, like you said, this is an absolute steal. Um, he could be a starting running back basically anywhere else in the in college, and he would not not be picked outside the first round. So, Katron Allen, big fan of his. He's a sleeper for most Debbie guys right now. If you can get him this early for very cheap, you're going to make a return on your investment. Easily. If yeah, you can't I'm, trade him, he, you can use him in your lineup, I think. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I think he's being extremely overshadowed because of being behind Singleton. So, once he gets the shot, you won't be able to purchase him for cheap. Absolutely not. At 403, Tom Cord. He's not someone I would draft at all at the current state. And there have been some rumors swirling that maybe Devin Brown has crept up as the favorite to win that job at the moment. Yeah, there's so, too many question marks there for me. I wouldn't either. Even if he does win the job, how good is he going to be? I mean, five-star guy, we assume he's going to be great in that offense. But who knows? I think as a community, the Debbie is banking on him and Marvin Harris being high school teammates that he, he wins the job. But I don't. I wouldn't think it's quite black and white like that. Uh, I think Devin Brown is making a strong case, and it would have been even stronger had he not been hurt for the spring game. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We'll move on to 404, Antonio Williams, sophomore wide receiver out of Clemson. Then back to the Buckeyes and Brandon Ennis. So between Ennis and Cardinal Tate, about a eight-pick difference there. I'd say at the moment that sounds about right with the hype Cardinal had in spring ball. Yeah. yeah. But I still think I'm out. a bigger Ennis guy, to be honest with you. I, I think they're pretty neck and neck. I've got Carnell Tate over Ennis, but it's just by the just by the skin of the skin. It's close. That's right. Take your pick of which one you prefer, basically. Yeah. You can't really go wrong. 406, the star of the Gridiron Fantasy Show, Shadur Sanders. Who took him? Ah, Gabe took him. So it was not one of us. We're not the only ones that like Shadur Sanders for the record. But 406, I think that's a good – I won't say a steal, per se – but that's something you're going to, again, make some profit on your investment there in the fourth round of a Debbie draft, I think. Yeah, I can tell you I was the next pick at 407. He was my pick, and he made it to 407. So I think this is about where he goes. And you took Cedric Baxter at 407, and Shadur would have been my pick at 408. So I stuck in the quarterback room with freshman Jaden Rashada out of Arizona State. And then 409, T-Mac. Ted Aroa and McMillan out of Arizona. Connor Wegman, 410. I I don't have our database pulled up, but I feel like this is his first appearance in our mock no, drafts. No, it, it absolutely is. Um I don't think either of us are big Connor Wegman guys. I am not, absolutely not. I don't I think he's a zero. I'd yeah. rather ooh, 
Spoiler, Jackson Dart gets picked two picks later, 412. I'd rather have Jackson Dart. Right. That's kind of what I was looking at. Like, I see Connor Wegman and I see Jackson Dart. And, I, yeah, I'd rather take Jackson Dart. Same uh, with Bo Nix, you know, guys like that. I would much rather take those guys than Connor Wegman currently. But There's still some time. He's not dead in the water. No. So we will see what happens with him, if he can progress, get back in the spotlight. And sandwiched in between those two are very hyped-up freshman running back, Cameron Selden from Tennessee at 4'11". I'm part of the hype train. I love Cam Selden. I wish I would have got the draft him, but beat me to the punch. Then at 5'01", Jerrion Dickey, the next Des Bryant, according to a lot of people, freshman at Oregon. I took Keon Coleman at 502, transferred down to Florida State. Justice Haynes, freshman phenom, Alabama running back. And then at 504, Devontae Walker, UNC wide receiver that's been in the headlines lately. He transferred in from Kent State. They have ruled him ineligible at the moment, saying that this is his second time transferring, which if I remember correctly, he, he was at a school, did not play there during the COVID stuff, transferred to Kent State, obviously balled out, then transferred down to UNC. So technically, he's only played at one school. He didn't log a snap at his first university. But the NCAA has counted him as a two-time transfer, and Sandy's ineligible, and he is appealing that. So we'll see what comes of it. If he's ineligible, it really sucks for the kid, obviously, and also sucks for UNC as a whole because I think he was going to be the number one guy there. Without him, that that's a big hit for their ACC title hopes, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really mean to get into semantics and the, the fine detail of that stuff, but if he was on the athletic scholarship at the first school during COVID, I think that that, should, that probably is what qualifies as his second transfer. So, Yeah, unfortunately. We'll see if the NCAA gives some leniency. I believe he also had a, a family member was ill, was also yeah. part of his transfer. I think it was reasoning. grandma. I think it was grandma or something, or mom. Yeah. It's one of the two. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it's a transferring for a family member. He was going there one way or another. Yeah. So hopefully the NCAA will show this man some grace and allow him to play the game he loves. Then at 505, we had Damian Martinez, sophomore running back from Arizona State. Roderick Robinson, the second, freshman running back out of Georgia. 507, Bo Collins, Clemson wide receiver. And then uh, possibly a rising senior, Joe Milton at 508. Ruben Owens, freshman Texas A&M running back. Rome Adunze, all the way at 510. Somebody who's been said to be locked and loaded. First round pick next year by some. Others don't believe in him as much. So if you can possibly get a day one or day two NFL wide receiver at 510, you just you got to steal the draft, buddy. Yeah, I'd take that all day long, without a doubt. Then to wrap things up, Malik Benson and your guy, Mario Williams. I'm glad Five somebody else took him. I'm, I'm glad somebody else took him. I'm, I'm just tickled pink. Yeah, he just had to be Mr. Irrelevant. Couldn't take Bo Nix or anybody like that. Just had to be Mario Williams. Hey, I'll, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Obviously, somebody else sees something in him just besides me, so... Um. I'll take it. I'm dying on that hill, buddy. Yeah, that, that wraps up our mock draft review. So it was very fun doing it for the participants, especially ones that 
our Debbie fans have some skin in the Debbie game. So we'll try to run it back next one. Hopefully fill it out all the way to 12 folks and just run with one team and see where things are at that point for us. But that's about all I have. Any final thoughts you got over there, Derek? No, I mean, I just thought it was really cool having, you know, six guys in there instead of just you and I. I, I thought that was awesome. I wouldn't mind if every Debbie mock draft was that way. Hopefully get to the point where, you know, we have – each person has just one team. That would be the best. That's the plan, to be more than us every month, even if it's just one extra person. Helps out just a little bit, seeing some different point of views and chopping it up and whatnot. Well, you get a a true feel for the ADP from the community because it's not just you and I and basically our ADPs. I know we try to not just take best, best available player our BPA, whatever, but, you know, our, our values line up pretty similarly and it's, they're not always in line with the community. Absolutely. So if you're interested in joining in on our next Debbie mock draft, feel free to reply to our episode tweet. Once we tweet this out, when it drops that you'd like to be included, we'll put you down. And once we do the again here in a couple of weeks, we'll get you in there and you can participate with us, but that'll do it for this week's episode. You can please give us all a follow on the formerly Twitter, now X, as we have to call it, at Gump7285, at D underscore Cook93, that's K-O-C-H. You can find the podcast page on all social media platforms and YouTube at Gridiron underscore FS. If you could please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we would greatly appreciate it. But thank you guys for listening to another episode, and we'll see you on the next one. See you. Thanks for listening.